promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by the General Building Contractors Association. This is Growing Greater Philadelphia, bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. The Cambridge Dictionary defines the term calculated risk as a risk that you consider worth taking because the result, if it's successful, will be so good. And in business, we must embrace the act of risk-taking in order to expand and grow, especially in a highly competitive marketplace. This week, we share the stories of two organizations that have embraced the notion and the importance of taking measured, calculated risks. First, we'll hear from a company that actually specializes in risk management and in a super risky industry, construction. Then we'll hear how one business leader values the importance of taking risks so much that he sought outside assistance to help navigate those risk milestones as he and his team advance their business to the next level. It's probably the number one component you need to succeed in the industry. With more than 25 years of experience, Ron Ebert of Madison Risk Group has helped many companies thrive and has seen how other companies have failed due to an inability to navigate various market conditions and opportunities. Our conversation with Ron and his colleague Bill Burke reveals that two key ingredients any successful company needs are integrity and trust. When we have these attributes firmly in place, a business can make calculated risks based on the relationships they have with others in their industry and in the business community overall. Here, Ron explains what his company is all about. Madison Risk Group is the name of our company. We are a construction specialist in property and casualty insurance. What that does mean is we put the trades together with the insurance carriers, help them transfer the risk, assess the risk, and place their insurance programs. And I know this is going to be really nuanced, but how does that translate to an average person who's listening to say, okay, I get it. A construction company needs to ensure that their workplace is safe and they need to take precautions through insurance coverage. Is that reasonable? Is that how it kind of flows? What we try to do is identify every type of risk a construction company might face, whether it be their automobile fleet, most importantly, their employees, making sure they're safe and get home safely at night, their liability risks, whatever risks come from the business that they uh, that they are in. Those are the types of risk we assess on a daily basis for the trades in the area and help them identify them and protect the owners and the employees from the exposures that they face. And in the construction space, that's really an important issue. I know that uh, safety is top of mind for everybody in the construction space. And Bill, I want to turn to you because you have actually a unique perspective, uh, if I understand it correctly, occupational safety degree out of Millersville. Correct. And that's really been your focus is safety in the workplace, which is so important in the construction space. And how do you balance that with the type of services that your team at Madison provides? So, you know, getting out on job sites and being out in front of the workers and with training and job site inspections and talking to them about, you know, why it's important that they want to go home at the end of the day and, you know, that we're here to keep them safe, right? You know, right now it's, I think the the trades are very, very good at training their employees and they're and they're doing a very good job of educating. Even like the, the, the foreman, the superintendent in 2018 has been come up from his the apprenticeship program being taught safety. Right. Whereas, 
you know, in the 1980s and early 90s, you didn't really have that as much. You know, it was, it was a smaller component. And, you know, maybe that superintendent that was there, you know, he came up with a guy who taught him from the 40s and 50s, right? right. So, you know, and that's, you know, just get in the hole and go, you know, and, and you, you can't do that nowadays. And I think owners and, and job site management, safety is a bigger component of the job. Everybody's looking at it because you can sell it. It's a way to differentiate yourself from, from somebody else. You know, I got a contractor that's really out in front of their safety, you know, the insurance company is going to be really, really impressed with, with that and really want to get involved with these guys. Whereas if you have somebody that's not as much, well, then maybe that's our job at that point to try to get them to that next level and right. move them up and get them to be a little bit better than they are and then better than they were before and then even better above that. So you mentioned two things that I wanted to come back and visit. First with you, Bill, and then Ron, I want to turn to you on this topic as well. But you mentioned job site and you mentioned distinguish or make a distinction. So I know you've had experience working on job sites. Yep. I got to imagine that's got to be a benefit when you're talking with a company about how to best manage their risk. It certainly is. And to be able to establish a rapport with field personnel, as well as the you know, the senior management, it's key. It really yeah. helps. You know, you're out there seeing you with them. You know, it's hot. You're out there when it's hot. You're out yeah. there when it's cold. You that's know. right. You've it's been not, there. You've been there. So, yeah. you know, that's one of those things that, uh, you know, certainly helps us out. And that experience really allows you to relate well, not only with the men and women in the field, but with the company that is yep. hiring you to, to make these assessments. And Ron, I know that you and Bill bring a level of experience and expertise that really is unique based on your level of service and experience in the industry. Talk with us about what I refer to as the Madison Risk Blueprint. Sure. Typically, an insurance brokerage represents all different types of industries and sells every type of insurance. MRG is a little bit different. We're the only broker in the area that solely focuses in the construction industry. Bill and I have 25 years plus experience working with contractors. And through that, our team has developed what we call the MRG Blueprint. It starts with working with our clients and understanding the unique exposures they have getting a real feel for it. Listening is very important. Listening to their story, listening to their culture, identifying what they do from a, a risk management standpoint, what their needs are, what type of challenges do they face on a day-to-day -day basis. So once we have that, we actually do. We go to Bill on the job site, he gets out and takes a look at how they're operating in the field. All of this time, we're putting together a story because we're hired by the contractor to go out and place their insurance. When we have our story together, we put the contractor in the best possible light and we go out and take it to the insurance carriers to develop the pricing. Very important. Even though Philadelphia is booming right now, you see the cranes everywhere. Yep. Everyone is just busy. There's not a lot of people in the halls. It's still an ultra competitive business. And one of the things we like to assist our clients in, first, we want to make sure they're completely covered basically that they know their risk and we've transferred it, whether they're transferring their risk to insurance policies or risk transfer through contractual mechanisms. We want to make sure we identify it, but then go out and aggressively price it so that they can be as competitive as possible on bid day. Good morning. Construction companies in the Philadelphia and surrounding area have done a tremendous job maintaining safe job sites. Unfortunately, accidents still happen. I'm going to discuss a few things you need in your response plan to prepare for when they do. In one of their seminars offered throughout the year, Bill addresses a room filled with 200 clients. They're comprised of risk managers and construction owners. The goal at Madison Risk Group when hosting these kinds of speaking engagements is to ensure that when an accident does happen, their clients are properly prepared to respond. 
So, you know, the talent in the greater Philadelphia region specific to the construction industry is really robust. You know, we were talking before about every corner we turn around, there's a crane and there's a talented team of men and women who are building buildings and and refurbishing and repairing. But the talent also extends into other industry sectors. I suspect it also extends into the insurance professional industry as well. And Ron, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about that talent pool structure in insurance. For years, insurance was not exactly the number one uh, career path for a seven-year-old boy or girl when they were thinking about what they wanted to do when they grew up. Right, uh, right. Luckily, Many of the universities have established risk management programs. Hmm. They've made it an exciting topic, and luckily Philadelphia has two of the top risk management schools in the nation, in St. Joe's and Temple. Wow. For an employer like us, it's a goldmine. These students are graduating with a uh, high level of expertise in the industry, and it makes it much, much easier for us when selecting new employees. I love to hear that about St. Joe's and Temple and other colleges and universities as well, because, you know, one of our fun facts here at Select Greater Philadelphia is we have about 100 colleges and universities in the 11-county region producing about 90,000 degreed professionals every year. And it's a nice balance to what we were talking about before. There's a whole path of vocational schools captured in that 100 plus or minus colleges, but there's also expert training in the life sciences and in now in the insurance industry. It's a really great asset for me personally to be aware of St. Joe's leadership, Temple's leadership when it comes to risk management and the insurance industry. And I know that there's a, a special initiative that you guys do every year at Madison, I think it's a boot camp style uh, initiative that provides some specific training. Absolutely. Each year, this year uh, was our fourth annual construction executive boot camp. Hmm. We gear this seminar we put on. It's a uh, usually a panel discussion. This past year, we had Jay Wright, Villanova's uh, men's basketball coach, two-time Naismith Coach of the Year. It was a discussion in regards to retaining and attracting leadership to the construction industry. On the panel, we had Henkels and McCoy, which is a large contractor based in Montgomery County. Sure. A benchmark construction, a large general contractor, and uh, it based in Lancaster County. And a uh, the head of the construction division for uh, Drexel University. Mm-hmm. So it was a fantastic event. Jay spoke, did what he typically does, interwove his stories into leadership. It was a great event, but the goal of the event is to get these CEOs and CFOs of construction companies together and talk about ideas and best practices to help the industry. Our area, as you noted a little earlier, Philadelphia is very fortunate to have the educational facilities they have and the medicals. We call them the meds and the eds. And we truly expect this region to, in this current boom, outlast the national boom by two years because of that. One of the things that really struck me just now, Ron, is you were sharing that this is the fourth annual boot camp that you're doing for the construction, you know, leadership executive uh, teams. And Madison is uh, just over five years old. So it shows me that you guys are creative enough to come up with solutions for your clients by putting on these kinds of programs that provide information and helps to develop a talent pool. And it's just remarkable that, you know, your commitment and your focus on helping your clients really stands out by putting on a program like this. Appreciate you saying that it was MRG that uh, you know we were sitting around saying how do we get our name out there and it kind of is in tune with uh, with our service mentality so working with a couple other GBCA members we decided to put this seminar together and each year it's gotten bigger and stronger. 
to hear how Bill and Ron successfully took their own risk by starting their company, head online to hear the full interview. 1210WPHT.com slash select. Next up, how one business leader embraced vulnerability and became stronger because of it. Greater Philadelphia is among the best places to start and grow a career. Just ask recent college grads. More than 65% of graduates from Greater Philadelphia University start their careers right here in northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania. Learn more at selectgreaterphl.com and tune in to the growing Greater Philadelphia podcast on radio.com. This segment of Drawing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by the Commercial Banking Division of Citizens Bank, a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. We bring practical financial experience and deep industry expertise to each banking relationship. To learn how citizens can help your company reach its potential, visit citizensbank.com commercial. Hey, everybody. It's Matt. My team and I at Select Greater Philadelphia are so proud to bring you the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio and podcast program. These amazing stories of business success and economic development and transformational projects, well, they're really inspiring and we hope you agree. I want to thank the team at General Building Contractors Association, also known as GBCA. Without their belief in us at Select Greater Philadelphia and their highly engaged support of this podcast, we could not do what we do every Every day to showcase the business assets of our 11 county community. The expert construction professionals who are members of the GBCA are literally helping to build the future of Greater Philadelphia. Learn more about all that GBCA does to advance the commercial, industrial, and institutional construction industry by visiting GBCA.com and join me in thanking General Building Contractors Association for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. In 2015, Philadelphia became the first World Heritage City in the U.S. And in 2017, was named the number three city for startups, according to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce in 1776. Learn more about why you should bring your business to the region by visiting philadelphiadelivers.com. The business attraction organization whose mission is to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. Learn more at Select Greater To be vulnerable is to be exposed, at risk, weak, helpless, susceptible. Most, if not all, successful businesses want to be just the opposite. They want to be unshakable, strong, secure, and protected. Great business leaders appreciate that in order to be the best we can, to be secure and unshakable, we must understand and appreciate our vulnerabilities and to ask for help and guidance to overcome those deficiencies. You get into the day-to-day and you get going, and I love the saying, you can't see the forest for the trees. As a managing partner of a consulting firm that is focused on helping other businesses grow, Bill Morrow understands that company leaders benefit from and actually need an outside perspective in order for their business to reach that next step. We connected with Bill of Empirical Consulting Solutions, and his very first client, Mike Riley, who leads Riley Sales, a niche company with an expertise in HVAC supplies and equipment. Through their business relationship, we learned how Bill's team is able to help Mike and his team grow and advance their operations at Riley Sales. They serve companies across Northern Delaware and Southern New Jersey and Southeastern Pennsylvania and beyond from their Chester County headquarters. 
Here, we asked Bill about his Montgomery County-based operations. We were in corporate America like uh, a lot of people out there are, and we saw a real need in the small, medium-sized businesses where they could use some extra horsepower and some extra help, but couldn't find uh, somebody to come in and do that. Your choices were either try to get one of the big boys to pay attention to you or get somebody that's a single shingle person out there that's working on their own. But other than that, there was really not a whole lot of options. So we decided we were really good at fixing problems. We'd come together and build a company. That's great. And I want to dive into that just a little bit more because I love the kitchen table analogy. Take us back to, I'm going to guess, 2012 or 13, where you and your team are thinking through about the problem that you saw that you kind of just articulated that, you know, small to mid-sized companies, they need a little bit of expertise and horsepower that sometimes isn't within the organization. And you guys identified that and decided to do something about it. Yeah, exactly. We, We really took a look at what was going on out there. And we were getting calls just organically. People were calling us and saying, hey, could you help? Hey, I could help get some help over here in sales. And what we learned, and I think we've all known in business, is uh, problems don't happen in silos. So you don't have a problem with just a sales team or just a marketing team. You have a problem that might be systemic to your whole company. And we were finding that we were referring each other in as independents other than more than we probably should have been. So we made a common methodology, came across the board, helped companies across the board in sales and finance and HR and operations. And we really made a company like some of the big consulting firms that was really designed and built for small, medium-sized businesses. And when you say you were getting calls, you know, you're a member of a team of 13 now. I suspect it was a little bit smaller five years ago, a kickoff, right? Correct. There's about three of us. Okay. <laughs> and and you were getting calls as individuals based on your expertise in the industry. Correct. Yeah. So we'd get calls and people ask for help. And, and at the time, some of us were still even had our day jobs, so to speak, and we were helping as we could. But uh, right. we really found that, uh, you know, when you have a good common methodology, a good approach, it applies across the board. And uh, people started asking for us more and more. And people often ask, how do you do business development? And we tell people, we just answer the phone. It's It's as easy as that. Yeah, Yeah. right. Exactly. (laughs) Bill, you had referenced methodology. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that methodology of how, you know, to put it in kind of the business speak, if you will, empowering people to drive that lasting success and really, you know, move the needle, if you will. And, And you have a couple key areas in that methodology that your team embraces. And it really starts with defining the challenge within the company, but expand on that for us a little bit. Correct, yeah, we we really think that it's important that you get in and you define where the problem is and measure and analyze where the, the issues are really coming from. So we use the DMAIC process, it's a tried and true process that people have used. We just apply it to everything we do, and we look at all of our companies that we get involved with. We call it fresh eyes, and we take a look with fresh eyes at everything that's going on in an organization. Then we report back to the customer, this is what we're seeing, and this is what we think your roadmap forward should be, and and follow that DMAIC process. And you and your team have that kind of level of expertise and that experience that causes those around you to say, we trust these folks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We often joke, we're surprised people trust us that much. Uh, We have a current customer that we have a large company and uh, they ask us to handle a large part of their distribution and they don't jump on the calls with us. Uh, They just trust us that much to do the job and we're running 40, 50 million dollar piece of their business and they trust us to do it. That's great. And it takes time and and I suspect experience to to develop that level of trust. It's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. It takes time. And in this area in Philadelphia, you know, there's a great organization, a great group of people that you really have to be in the know and you have to be trusted. We always just joking with somebody today in Philadelphia, 
there's two degrees of separation, it's not six, because it right. seems like everyone knows each other. And thus, it really holds you accountable. You have to do well in the city or you're not going to do it very long. Yeah, and speaking of trust, we have with us in the studio one of uh, the clients of Empirical. In fact, it is the very first client very of first. Empirical who trusts you guys and the team of men and women at Empirical to really help move the needle within their organization, and that's Mike Riley. Mike is president of a family-owned business called Riley Sales. Mike, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Matt. Share with us a little bit more about Riley Sales. What kind of organization are you? And tell us a little bit more about your history. Well, actually, Riley Sales is celebrating its 50 years in business. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, my father started the business, uh, just a, a salesman with a station wagon in 1968. And we've grown to, we're going to open our eighth location in Reading. Uh, we have seven locations in east, southeastern Pennsylvania and southern New Jersey, and we supply the products for the installing HVAC contractor, what it takes to heat or cool your home business or office. That's great. And I love the 1968 story and, and how your dad had a vision for wanting to do something that moved the needle in that industry. Take us back, Michael, I guess a couple years now, five years or so, when you decided to engage Bill and the team at Empirical. What was happening within the Riley sales world where you said, you know, I think we can take this to the next level and we can engage the expertise of the team at Empirical? Well, if you go back at that time, we were coming out of the Great Recession. And if you were in building supplies anywhere in the country, it was a depression. I mean, sales were down over close to 30%. Mm -hmm. So when we were coming out, we were, you know, you're still in kind of shock. You were, not kind of shock, you were. How did this happen? How do we get out? And we knew we didn't want to go through that again. And the team at Empirical with Bill and Chris Lee, they had been from bigger companies mm -hmm. and had been through the cycles, even though there was never a cycle like this, this recession. But I realized I needed help. Mm -hmm. Because especially on the operations, fine-tuning it even more than myself, right. that I was able to do it. And they have the expertise that you just don't have. They were at levels that I was never at. And when we were growing through 2007, 2008, oh, yeah, everything just went up. You know, they were building everywhere. So right. I thought I was a sales genius and a marketing genius. And an operations genius. Oh, it was just, I, was, I was cruising. <laughs> yeah, right, but uh, right. then when it fell apart, I'm like, I'm not as smart as I thought. And my father was around. They said, oh, don't worry. You know, recessions last you know, three to six months. Right. Like, oh, Dad, we're a year into this and <laughs> two years into it. So coming out, I said, I need someone a little smarter than me on some of these, uh, you know, and to track things and to bring us out and then make sure it doesn't happen again. Yep. So, Mike, you had mentioned Plymouth Meeting is home base for Riley Sales. You're in the HVAC supply and sales industry where you're supplying and selling items to the HVAC service partners, essentially, correct? Correct. But you also mentioned you're now opening your eighth location here in the greater Philadelphia region between northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania, which is tremendous. 50-year-old company. How big's the shop today? We are now over $30 million in sales. Mm -hmm. We find, and we've helped define this with Empirical, our industry is defined in three segments. The one, two-truck gentleman mm -hmm. or contractor, male or female. Sure. Who likes to buy locally? 
they like to go in, they buy locally, they buy for the job, each particular job. They're working on the Smith residence. They want to come in the morning, buy it, get everything they can to install that. That gentleman usually, or that contractor usually works a little bit cheaper. He doesn't have the overhead. He comes in and works on referrals, but he's mm-hmm. very happy coming in our supplies. He relies on us for credit, for product knowledge, and have all the products to get the job done right. Then you have the next segment takes over maybe a geographical area. They have four to five service trucks, works in a given market, be Narberth, be it South Philly. Yep. They sell service contracts. They're usually multi-generational. They support the Little League. They're in the Kiwanis Club. Yeah, they're part of the neighborhood. Their neighborhood, everyone knows them. Their trucks are labeled, and they usually have a brand of equipment that they really like mm-hmm. or supports, and that brand, they they market around that, their name, but also the brand name of a carrier, Lennox type like that. Yep. And then the third is the big contractors that have 100 trucks big marketers, very successful in that. They themselves have become a brand and market that. So they each have a third of the industry gotcha. and you have to market to each one of those and sell to them different ways. And they call on their supply houses for different products or, or services, depending on what size, you know, which segment they are in. And Mike, I want to transition the bill, but I want to do it by using an example that you just shared. And I have to say, it took a lot of courage. And I recognize that you saw an opportunity to say, you know, where am I going to take this organization next? As a family-owned business, I grew up in the business. I've been working here for X number of years, but I need some help, and I can't do it all. And I'm going to turn to folks who have a toolkit that may have some tools in there that I don't necessarily access on a regular basis or have an expertise in. And that's when you reached out to the team at Empirical. And I would really value, Bill, your perspective on some of those tools in your toolkit. And one in particular Mm -hmm. is this notion of be a maverick. Right. And if you could share with us a little bit more about what that means to your team and how you employ that with your clients, whether it's with uh, folks like Mike at O'Reilly Sales or or other clients. Well, I think Mike is really, when you talk about mavericks, he really shows you being a maverick and what that's all about. It's not easy to say to somebody, hey, kind of come in and and take a look at what I'm doing and tell me if there's something I can be doing better. And and it takes a maverick. And we look at ourselves as mavericks. And it's funny. And we use a tool called Predictive Index to assess people and companies when we're out there, personalities. And we all came back with maverick uh, styles. So we use that and we, we still use that today where you take a look and when you're a maverick, you ask the questions, why? And why do you do it that way? And the answer, that's the way we've always done it, is just not good enough for us. Right. We always are digging. And it's good to be a maverick. It's good to have mavericks on your team. And if you don't, this is when you go outside and find somebody who can be. To learn how being a maverick in business is sometimes necessary in order to advance, listen to the full interview and head online to 1210wpht.com slash select. Growing Greater Philadelphia is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of the Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania and helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. Special thanks to the team at General Building Contractors Association, also known as GBCA. The expert construction professionals who are members of the GBCA are literally helping to build the future of Greater Philadelphia. Learn more about all that GBCA does to advance the commercial, industrial, and institutional construction industry 
by visiting gbca.com. An extra special thanks to our program producers, Elena Carmazin and Maricela Juarez, along with the great marketing and creative services professionals at our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia and at Entercom. Learn more at selectgreaterphl.com and tune in to our growing Greater Philadelphia podcast anytime at 1210wpht.com slash select. Independence Blue Cross, a proud sponsor of the Select Greater Philadelphia Council. Independence Blue Cross is the largest health insurer of the Philadelphia region, serving more than 2.5 million people locally and 8.5 million people in 23 states and Washington, D.C. Learn more about Independence Blue Cross at ibx.com. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by KPMG, a proud sponsor of the Select Greater Philadelphia Council. After opening its Philadelphia office in 1908, KPMG partners and professionals have enjoyed helping Philadelphia's business community grow and flourish for generations. And KPMG looks forward to being a part of Philadelphia's continued growth and prosperity. Learn more about KPMG and the firm's audit, tax, and advisory services at kpmg.com. Drexel University was founded in 1891 and is one of the region's top 10 private employers with three campuses in Philadelphia. Learn more about Drexel University at drexel.edu or call 215-895-2000. Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Royer Cooper Cohen Braunfeld LLC, a proud investor in Select Greater Philadelphia Council. RCCB are attorneys who think and act like entrepreneurs and business people, combining sophisticated, cost-effective legal counseling with entrepreneurial approaches and creative thinking. RCCB serves companies, business executives, and investors, as well as individuals and their families. Learn more about RCCB at rccblaw.com. More than 25 Fortune 500 companies call Greater Philadelphia home. For more information about businesses growing in northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania, visit selectgreaterphl.com.